Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner, featuring Jack and Andre. <laughs> FBI Radio. Guys, I'm very sad that this is, uh, you know, the year is drawing to an end. Um, and uh, this is, you know, we might not see each other again for Movies, Movies, Movies this year. Is that right? I think I'm going to see you on the very final day of this year. You know what? I, keep... Friday, yeah. I thought you meant that we're never going to see this ever again. And I wanted to I was say, like, oh, um, 2019 is going to... Are you going to drop this live on air? We're dropping this on air. We are dropping... <laughs> we are firing us right here. We're dropping... Movies, movies, movies next year, reloaded, Matrix version. Ooh, that'd be good. We're going to come in Uh, black clothes. No, of course not. Movies, 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 uh, FBI Radio cinema segment will continue into 2019. And I don't know why I keep trying to wrap up this year. I think it's just like, come on, let's go. Wrap in the presents, wrap up the year. You just want the wrap-ups to be over so you can move on with your life. (laughs) Wrap city wrap-up. Speaking of wrap-ups... we have a bit of a, a wrapped up present for listeners today, don't we? Oh yeah, we? truly. Dendi has kindly offered five dollar passes to excited FBI listeners to a screening of eighth grade on tomorrow. It's tomorrow night at six thirty. Six thirty. But it's not one of those passes like we usually give away where you can go at any old time. You have to go tomorrow night. You have to be available for that time. That's right. It's a preview screen, it doesn't come out till Thursday. Get out your diaries and pencil in six thirty tomorrow night to go see eighth grade, the new film by Bo Burnham and Elsie Fisher. A very, very exciting. Let's find out what's been happening uh, in the world of cinema news. Movie news. So no one seems to understand Margot Robbie's performance in Mary Queen of Scots. Jack, take it away. Well, basically she's been... Jack, in- I might just grab you to jump on oh, Andre's mic with oh, him. Oh, okay, we're going to share a mic. How intimate. This is hot. Um, so Margot Robbie's been cast in Mary Queen of Scots as Queen Elizabeth made famous by the young Kate. Blanchett, mm. and uh, she got nominated for a SAG Award, which is a Screen Actors Guild Award, but critics are tearing her to shreds. No one can make sense of her performance. Apparently her accent is all over the place. Mm. She's getting a lot of uh, divisive feedback from people, even though she has been getting a lot of accolade nominations. But, you know, I just don't even want to see this film, so it's not really <laughs> to me that much. But we were just joking about a fun Mary Queen of Scots crossover with Pirates of the Caribbean with a score by James Blake that could happen in the future. Score by fun. James Blake, and also halfway through, we deep dive into The Little Mermaid. Now, in uh, uh, more Bratty-related news, so, hear me out. Yeah. The Square was directed by Ruben Osland, Bratty's favourite film of the year. Okay, I liked it. Okay, you you're guys right. didn't like it. <laughs> His previous film, Force Majeure, is pretty much what catapulted him to international fame. Force Majeure is about a family who grows skiing in the Alps and there's an avalanche and the dad and the family runs away from the avalanche and then the avalanche just disappears into the abyss and the family's like, whoa, you are such a diva, you are such a scaredy cat. Anyway, they're remaking the film with Jack. Will Ferrell and Julie Louis-Dreyfus and she just won the Mark Twain Award for Veep and her entire life of Seinfeld. So it's an American remake of Force Majeure. It's going to be called Downhill and it's all about skiing and family strife. And is it a comedy? It's going to be a yeah, comedy, Yeah, it's like I a think. very, very black, like a very smart comedy. What do you I think, think about Will Ferrell in a, in a black comedy? Obsessed. Jack and I are obsessed. I we can't wait to go see him and I don't Holmes care. and Watson. I'm so keen for that. On I can't day. wait for Holmes and Watson. And uh, if, you, if you have a problem with that, seek treatment. Yeah. Tell us about uh, the new Greek weird wave film. So The Favourite is coming out, which everyone has been so hyped. Everyone's so excited to see Olivia Colman, Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone hyper. hooking up with each other in a huge abbey or cathedral or um, just a castle, basically. But, but it's 
like, okay, you give away what's exciting about this film. But funnily enough, no one actually knows that this Greek film by Yorgos Lantimos, who previously made all these freaky deaky violent Dogville, films. Dogville, The Lobster. Not Dogville, Dogtooth. Dogtooth. Anyway. <laughs> and that film with Nicole Kidman. It's written by two Aussies, Tony McNamara and Deborah Davis. And Tony McNamara is known for making Doctor Doctor, some Channel 9 show. It's I like, know. Where did this come from? Well, did... I worked on Doctor Doctor. Did you know that? Yeah, you did, Jack. Where's this international collaboration coming from? And it's how so they strange. Happening? Anyway. Anyway. Very soon we're going to get into two reviews. That's everything that's been happening in news. But uh, tell me what you'll be reviewing today after the next track. Jack is so excited to be talking about Assassination Nation. So excited that I decided to review it. And then Jack's reviewing 8th grade, which we have a ticket giveaway for a screening tomorrow at Dundee. And uh, we want people to text in. That's right. What was your most embarrassing experience as like a 12, 13-year-old just before high school? Because we know you all have one. It's what 8th grade is about, so we want to hear from you guys for a chance to win a double pass to go see the film tomorrow. Send in your experiences. Excruciating. Your memories. We want to hear them. This is 2020 Vision Negative Gears. You're listening to Movies, Movies, Movies here on Mornings, FBI 94.5. Wrong song, sorry. Two reviews. One review. And then and then another review. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews here on Movies, Movies, Movies. Jack and Andre, who's going to be going first? I'll be going first, ladies. Are we ready for this? Andre, what are you reviewing? Jack... I'm reviewing Assassination Nation. I'm sorry. It's your favourite film of the year. We saw it at Sundance. I didn't see it, but you, you did. did and you cried your little heart out and you loved it so much. But I'm going to review it for you. Are you ready? Yeah. So, in 2018, critics have fought to describe Assassination Nation through these crazy comparisons between high school cheek fi- flicks and horrors. Like, it's The Purge meets Heathers, etc. Or it's Mean Girls meets this and that. So, for me, I'm going to do my own. Assassination Nation is neon demon with personality, Sukaban cinema set in contemporary America, as if Diablo Cody took up residence in a high school watching Battle Royale, but didn't actually make Jennifer's body and made this Assassination Nation instead. It's about a small town, Salem, which has to survive a mass invasion of online privacy. So, four girls take the front seat when everyone's just getting hacked and going crazy. No film has been more relevant with star power this year, with Harry Neff's feature film debut and Odessa Young hugging screen time fabulously as two of the girls in Salem who are cooler, more woke, more stylish, and I can't believe they're not popular folk navigating extreme violence. Hold up also, this truly alive film nails on-screen text messages for the first time. Tune in, David Fincher. But let's not diverge. This was the biggest sale of Sundance 2018 and turns identity politics into identity shoot 'em up Jack. Did I do this film justice? Absolutely, but you didn't even mention Abra. Oh, Abra, and of course, and I know you weren't Abra's a huge first fa- film role. And you weren't a huge fan of Suki. I'm fine with Suki. It was the, our girlfriends that weren't fans of Suki. Suki, Abra, Hari, Odessa. I'm down with Bella them Thorne. all. Bella Thorne. Bella Thorne. And you know what? I love when an Apatow does an, uh, makes an appearance as an actor. Maud Apatow, really mm. star form. Tell me about how this film nails the uh, on-screen text messaging. So, we've all seen it before. We've all watched House of Cards, that one episode, and they'll have, like, just literally just, like, an iPhone message go, and pop up on screen, and it's some way to, like, show the inner workings of a character who's doing something in secret. But this film just doesn't really follow any kind of iPhone format. It just has words popping up in the middle and, you know, just they emojis. They kind of frame. They'll come up in the middle of sort of something else. They give subtext. Uh, yeah. It's so creative. This film's so inventive. There's split screens. There's Super fades. Inventive. There's insane music. There's a seer track. It feels like that film that you'll watch in 20 years time and be like, that's exactly how I felt that year. It's the most stressful movie you'll see this year. I must add before we finish, we've been asked before 
are film reviews important? And that's a question that is constantly in our heads. This film has been kind of dragged by a lot of critics, and uh, because some of the idiots because they're, they're idiots and misogynistic. Because old men review this film and, and I, idiots, but this film is the only film on point. And the film is not being released in Australia, probably because critics because have slammed the critics, it. Uh, so we just urge you guys to do what we did: find an illegal download and just watch it. Watch the <laughs> f out of so it. We're so not allowed to do that. Okay, let's uh, let's give it in and in a word: assassination nation, Jack and Andre. In a word: uh, alive. Yeah, explosive. Explosive. Absolutely explosive and alive is mm. Assassination Nation. Go see it if it comes to Australia. If it comes out, I'm so angry that we have to put up with crap cinema. Yeah. Jack, save some of that anger. You've got a review <laughs> eighth grade for us now. Tell us about it. Okay, this film really made me feel seen and remember how the last year of primary school fucking sucked and probably for everyone I've ever liked. And I can't figure out why this film is the first film I've ever seen to truly tap into the horror and trauma of being 12 and deeply alone. It's like Dunkirk level of high intensity and the bomb-dropping Anna Meredith score that's like Spring Breakers blaring at you every time the genius lead actor Elsie Fisher crushes hard or faces humiliation. It's the high-octane filmmaking of junkie porn without any drugs. This isn't Napoleon Dynamite aestheticism or chic ladybird suburban angst like the trailer might tell you. This is Bacne in fluorescent phone light honest and terrifying dysphoric puberty. At one point she disassociates in BuzzFeed to Orinoco Flow. It's a new film to hold up against any other film about preteens to show how messed up Hollywood is at depicting what it's really like to be at that age. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll miss Tumblr porn, and you'll feel less weird about how embarrassing you were as a kid. This film also nails how stupidly teachers try and speak like young person lingo. Oh, no, teachers an, like dab. There's an earlier scene where they're watching this educational video about puberty and this woman's going, we're not going to teach you about the hair down there. It's going to be lit. And it's just so <laughs> fantastic. It's the best, it's the best um, like a video used in a classroom since Donnie Darko. And then also when the principal dabs is just truly genius and truly cinematic gold. (laughs) So Jack and Andre, what do you give 8th grade in a word? I give it 8 out of 10. Oh, Which surprisingly, a lot of films don't get reviewed that way on IMDb. They're always 7.6. Why is IMDb like that? What's the aggregator happening there? Anyway, boring backstory. Jack, what do you give it? I don't know, high stress, but I give it a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. There you go. That's eighth grade. And we have uh, $5 tickets. To oh, go- five, free. We've got five double tickets. Five double passes. Oh, yeah. oh the $5. It's free double passes free. to go see eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, maybe you had a traumatic, you know, tweenhood. Yeah. Maybe you have a tween and you want to take them to go see this film. Right after this track, we're going to be sharing our most traumatic experiences as tweens. And we even have... Uh, a real-life tween in the studio Aww. with us uh, who's doing work experience. We're going to introduce you to him right after this by Sky Fer- uh, Fer- Ferreira. Help me out here. Sky Ferreira. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> embarrassing. Co-written <laughs> by Def Hines. <laughs> movies, movies, movies on mornings.
Sydney Spotlight. It's time to focus on what's happening around town in the world of cinema. And we just heard everything is embarrassing because the movie, what's it called? Eighth Grade? Eighth Grade. Eighth Grade is coming out and it's all about uh, horrendously humiliating times when you're about 12 or 13 years old. Now, Jack, Andre... Myself and our work experience kid, Nick, all have uh, painfully embarrassing stories to share with you. Um, On the text line, you're sharing yours as well. And this is how you're going to wing yourself a double pass to go see 8th grade tomorrow night at Dendi. Otherwise, you have to wait till January 3rd to go see it when it comes out nationally. And who wants to do that? Just go see it tomorrow at Dendi on us. If you don't want to wait, you need to text in your embarrassing moments from 12 or 13 years old. Um, One person says, when I loved Harry Potter, I went to a powerhouse exhibition and got called on stage and uh, sort of got asked how I got there, and I said evaporation instead of apparition in front of a bunch, in front of a bunch of (laughs) diehard Harry Potter fans. That's a hardcore story. I actually have a Harry Potter story that I'm going to tell afterwards that's more embarrassing than the one that I told you guys off air, so stay tuned for that. (laughs) Why don't you just tell it right now? Should I tell it right now? Go for it. Okay, so I was in Thailand when the last Harry Potter book came out, and I feel like I might have been... Or maybe it wasn't the last one. Anyway, one of the books had come out and they had this huge... Like, a whole shopping mall had just shut down because Harry Potter was just being released. And the Bangkok Post were doing were doing stories on it. And they came up to me with a camera and they're like, can we interview you about Harry Potter? I've never read Harry Potter in my life. I'm at this huge convention. <laughs> and they were like, can we just talk to you about Harry Potter and how much you love it? And I was like, of course you can. And they said, so let's just start with the easy ones. What's your favourite thing about Harry Potter? And I went completely red. And I went, um... Um, the broomsticks (laughs) (laughs) and they're like right what else and I said um, the flying on broomsticks (laughs) and then they said okay let's get a photo and then move on and I was like okay bye and I got so embarrassed next question see ya yeah pretty much Um, I had a very very hilarious friend in in year 6 and uh, her favourite thing was the fact that my mum packed me pads in case I got my period at school. And uh, she used to get them out and then put them in the bubbler and fill them up with water <gasps> and swing them around and say, Bridie's got her periods, Bridie's got her periods. Oh and God, she's... Bridie's such a... What a boy! I know, she's still my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Jack, oh, my God. Uh, kids, friend, friend kids and pads and tampons so bad. Jack, do you have an embarrassing story to tell us? Yeah, but mine's, like, like actually horrific. Um, all of my stories, like, I had such a bad time, like... I feel like not 12, but like earlier than that, I was still like shitting my pants and like being like so isolated and like young and gay. And I remember I moved to this new school and I don't know why, but I was so bored at home one night and I poured like ketchup on a knife and held a knife up and took a photo of myself. And it became like a Pixo that the older kids at this high school all made. What, so a Pixo is like an early version of Tumblr and because I'm ancient and it was called Jack Atherton is emo and it had all of these <laughs> poles on it and it was so stressful. But like, oh, Jack. I was an emo, and I kind of embraced it. You've turned out cool now, anyway. Oh my god, I was cool then. It's cooler to be emo <laughs> than be a fucking volleyballer. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Take that, volleyballers. Um, right now, we're joined in the studio by uh, work experience kid Nick. G'day, Nick. How are you going? <laughs> Good. That's good. <laughs> you're 16 years old, so you're a little bit closer to the painful tween years than we are. Can you tell us about something that happened to you when you were 12 or 13? Um, yeah, I'll set the stage. In 2014, year six, just the end of it, I'm walking home from school and suddenly I get the urge to really need to pee. So I start running home, but I get to the crossroads where the lights are, so I have to stop. Um, but then this girl who's friends with my crush comes up behind me and she says, oh, do you know where... Um, do you know where... I'll have to make up a name because... Yeah. Do you know where Samson Juliana is? 
Um, <laughs> I said, no, but I have to go. Like, I really have to go. <laughs> and I made it super explicit, and then I ran off, and I looked behind me, and she was super confused, but I ran off into the park next to me, jumped in the bushes, and just peed there <laughs> and walked home. Okay, in that story, Nick, I'm imagining you diving into the bushes. <laughs> like, I actually did. I jumped over the wall. And just off, like, all your clothes. <laughs> I'm not controlling. Yeah. <laughs> get it off, get it off me, get it off me. <laughs> I'm a fire. <laughs> oh, That's, I mean, that was pretty accurate. If you want to see an accumulation of all these memories in a film, go see Eighth Grade by Bo Burnham. It's not coming out until January 3rd, and we have... Also, go see Nick's stand-up. Nick's a 16-year-old stand-up who does stand-up in pubs all around Sydney at Open Mind. So um, you can't say that he's 16 because you can't go to pub. No, I'm just joking. Anyway, you're listening to to movies, movies, movies right now. And like we said, we have five double passes for you to go and see Eighth Grade tomorrow night. If you want for free at Dendi, all you have to do is text in your most painful memories from being 12 or 13 years old, the number is 0409 945 945. Text them in to me. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Jack and Andre, for coming in for Movies, Movies, Movies today. Thank you, Nick, for joining us as well and sharing that painfully embarrassing moment. And uh, enjoy your week of cinema. Mm -hmm. Happy Christmas. We won't see you. We're going away. Go to Adelaide today. Don't make me cry, please. Okay. (laughs) We'll do that. (laughs) See you, folks. See ya, Ange. See you, Jack. See you, Nick. Bye. Bye. Oscar Keysung, this is DYT. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.